the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And welcome back. It's hour three of Backbone Radio on this July 10th, 2022. And I wanted to get some stuff in here real quick before I get back to the phone lines. I've been talking about getting the stuff, but then we just sort of keep talking about other stuff. And at any rate, uh, real quick about Elon Musk. Uh, Apparently he has terminated his plan to purchase Twitter, the $44 billion price tag. And he's done a filing with the SEC that um, apparently he is he is exercising his, quote, right to terminate the merger agreement and abandon the transaction contemplated because Twitter has not provided transparent access to background data that would allow authentication of, quote, monetized daily active users. Anyway, so is he out of Twitter really? And he might be. But I would say this, that it's very uncharacteristic of Elon Musk, if you look at his career, to throw in the towel on anything. Some people are speculating that Elon Musk might be trying to drive the price down, a power play to expose how many actual bots or non-actual human user accounts there are on Twitter. And the consensus seems to be like a little over 30 percent are bots. And I'd say it's actually more like 50 percent. That's what I think that not real people using Twitter. But um, I do hope Elon still will persevere as Elon has done through his entire career with Tesla and with SpaceX and so forth because it's a civilizational thing. It's a free speech thing. And actually having free speech on the Twitter platform would be huge for the survival of civilization. So we'll see what the plan is here on Elon Musk's part. And I really hope the deep state doesn't win again. From the start, when Elon started to purchase Twitter, I said, he's going up against the deep state now, folks. He's going up against the fourth branch, the intel agencies, who control far more of Twitter than people realize. And we will see how that battle goes. And uh, for Elon to uh, throw in the towel on that, like I said, would be uncharacteristic. But we'll see what happens again. I hope he buys that loser And even if it's at a big monetary loss to him, because free speech, you can't put a price on that. And that's why the deep state, the the left and the rhinos, even they they don't want free speech in this country. They want people in the dark. They want to control the narratives and they use Twitter in part to do it. Now, um, I wanted to mention some stuff about the Dutch farmers, these these massive farmer protests spreading all around Europe, but heavily concentrated in the Netherlands, Holland area. And believe it or not, the the Dutch farmers are the second most productive farmers in the world, and they export the second largest amount of food. They're incredibly efficient, and many of these farmers are multi generational. But generational, but the uh, the Dutch government, which is WEF World Economic Forum Klaus Schwab inspired, a month ago came out with these uh, these new nitrogen reduction uh, regulations that they have to reduce the use of nitrogen by over 50% on their farms. And what they're saying is that 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 would essentially put them out of business. 
that would uh, that would just essentially put them on the unemployment lines, unable to survive, unable to keep on farming. And um, it's like a really catching on. Um, I mean, they're doing the same thing. And I guess the Italian farmers are protesting as well. German farmers, Polish farmers, um, Spain. In Spain, they're having farmer protests. But again, the freaks that we have in power, um, you look at the things they're doing, they're playing around with our world global food supply. They're trying to blame Trump or uh, blame Biden. I mean, blame Putin for if there's any potential food supply disrupt, they're going to try to blame Putin for it, right? They're playing around with World War III with Ukraine. They want gas prices high. They want food prices high. And um, this, 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 you got to keep an eye on this uh, Dutch farmer protest. And I just, I, I grabbed some, some audio clips here. And um, if you listen to this, this one particular farmer, um, he's out there saying that, see, this is, this is not about nitrogen. That's an excuse. That's a bureaucratic excuse. They want the land. They want to seize, essentially, and control the Dutch farmer's land. Listen to this Dutch farmer say this. And how do you feel about the government and the way it's treated the, the, ag- the agricultural sector? We believe it's, it's part of a bigger plan. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes they, they, they say it's tri-state city. Sure. Three years ago, when we started uh, demonstrating, people said, yes, Holland will be uh, the, the capital of Europe. I said, you're, you're crazy, you're mad. Mm. But uh, I think they were right then. Yeah. Uh, and that's why they need our land. They don't need our nitrogen. Mm. They need our land. Uh, 85% of land is, uh, is uh, uh, from the farmers. Mm. And yeah, they chase us away to, to get the land to, for, 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 uh, for building and, and, and uh, recreation. So there's a Dutch farmer saying that, yeah, the government essentially wants to seize their land. There are 50,000 farms in the Netherlands, in the Netherlands, and um, you can credit the WEF climate cult people for this. Yeah, 50 percent nitrogen reduction targets within seven years and then soon up to 75 percent, which makes it financially untenable for Dutch farmers to keep on going. And already as part of these protests, there's empty shelves in Dutch supermarkets all across uh, the land out there. Empty shelves. And apparently there's broad, widespread support from the people supporting the farmers, the Dutch farmers. Here they are chanting, farmers, farmers. Okay. And now... um, as uh, see, and again, the mainstream media is trying to spike this story and stifle this story. But um, I've done some segments about this Eva Vlardinger Broek, um, who's a Dutch political activist, a lawyer, a legal philosopher. She's been on with Tucker, Carl- Tucker Carlson a couple of times, and she went on with Tucker the other day talking about these uh, the Dutch farmer protests. And let let's get this into the record as well. What exactly is this about, and what do you think that it means? Well, very simple, Tucker. What this is about is the Dutch government stealing our farmers' land. And they're doing this under the guise of a made-up nitrogen crisis. 
And that is basically going to put most of these farmers completely out of business. And thankfully, the Dutch farmers aren't having it. So they're going out on the streets. They're blocking distribution centers. They've blocked the high roads. They are fighting back. And they're right to do so. These, this is their life's work. They're really at their wit's end. They're devastated by what the government is doing. And, well, it's very clear that the government is not doing this because of a nitrogen crisis. They're doing this because they want these farmers' land and they want it to house new immigrants. They also want it because the farmers are obviously standing in their way of the great reset plans that they have for us. So, yeah, farmers are hardworking, God-fearing, and especially self-sufficient people that are just standing in the way of their globalist agenda. And it's driving a lot of these farmers even to something like suicide. So, really, there's only one term that we can use for the things that our government under Premier Mark Rutte is doing right now, and that is communism. Yeah, communism, steal the property, get their property, find some bureaucratic regulation, at least in this, quote, civilized free West to do so. And The Great Reset, I actually just got that book, The Great Reset book by Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum. He of the Davos guy, the eat bugs guy, you will own nothing and be happy guy. One more, Eva Vlardinger-Broek. So messing with a food supply tends to cause food crises and then famines. You're seeing this in the developing world, thanks to climate activism in the war in Ukraine. Are normal Dutch citizens who aren't farmers worried about what happens when you shut the farms down? Absolutely. They understand it. No farmers, no food. And that's why the farmers have blocked these distribution centers, because within a matter of a couple of hours, we saw that the supermarkets were empty. And ordinary citizens understand this. The problem is that the state doesn't seem to understand this, or it's what they want. And the police have responded in an incredibly violent way. So as you guys have seen now, they have even shot at a 16-year-old boy. These are not things that you should see in free Western countries, especially no. not targeted towards peaceful protesters, but it's happening. And not just the Dutch people, everyone around the world, and especially you in America, should be supporting our Dutch farmers because, well, this could be happening to you. It's actually- exactly. Get ready for this WEF crazy freak climate cult nonsense to start happening here. In the United States, pay attention to this one, folks, the food supply. Philadelphia Freedom from Elton John bringing us back. And, uh, yeah, Independence Day. Didn't get to be in for that show, but I hope everybody had a great Independence Day. And um, that Eva Vlardinger Broek, I just played two clips from her talking to Tucker Carlson about the Dutch farmer protests as the Dutch government essentially tries to confiscate their land. I did a whole segment on this Eva Vlardinger-Broek when I filled in for for George Brockler about uh, uh, two weeks ago. And the podcast is up, and this uh, Vlardinger-Broek had a great segment. She said, you know, we do not live in a free country in Europe. We do not live in a state of freedom. And she's talking about how, like, the, the same stuff that is going on here is going on over there where the government has heavy-handed control over everything, and the government censors and spikes anybody who's of a dissident voice and even arresting dissidents. She's seeing that in the Dutch community in Europe. And, she's, you know, we don't, we don't live in a free country. We don't, we don't have freedom here in the West anymore. And that's exactly what I've been saying is your freedom is an illusion. That's, that's, what, that's what she's – I wonder if she's been listening to Backbone. Your freedom 
is an illusion. And by the way, hopefully you saw in Sri Lanka, my gosh, the videos in Sri Lanka of uh, protesters overran the presidential palace. There's a shortage of food and fuel in Sri Lanka. Food and fuel. Is that is that the world that we're going to be heading into even here? Makes you wonder um, so that they took control of these this just untold thousands of people overtook the presidential palace, set fire to the prime minister's house. They overwhelmed government offices. And there's this footage of the Sri Lankan prime minister. His name is Ranil Wickermesinghe. Say that one. He's like fleeing out the back to jump on some Sri Lankan Navy vessel to get the heck out of there. And so you're seeing protests in, let's see, Ecuador, Panama. There's even one I just put up on Twitter, uh, Argentina. Shortages of fuel and food. Civil unrest. Yeah. Um, Klaus Schwab, in his Great Reset book, which I've been reading, talks about civil unrest. There's going to be more civil unrest to have this Great Reset because we have to change the world. We have to change the globe. We elite billionaires flying to Davos on our private jets. We can change the world. We are the vanguard. We're going to have people eating bugs in no time. Yeah, eating bugs, owning nothing, and they're going to be happy. Guess what? They're not going to be happy. And we have to start drawing the line somewhere. It looks like the, the Dutch are. And you're seeing other farmers protest. Let, let, let's, this is a crazy time to be following the news. If you could only get through to actually see the real news that the mainstream media filters try to block you from. At any rate, let's start saying hello on the phone lines here. And I've got a, oh, all kinds of more stuff. I'm going to have to talk fast. But uh, here is Brian in Arvada. Brian, glad you're here, sir. Welcome. Matt Dunn, the best show on uh, radio by far. Oh, man, you, now, you've got such good Randy taste, Brian. Behind you. i, I got to give Randy credit. He sticks up for, uh, like, our uh, political prisoners. But you're you're the best show on radio by far. Oh, oh, amen, brother, I tell you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I heard the great American, you know, he called in. He said he wanted to hear my opinion about yeah. the... HOA. Yeah, I thought I'd chime in on that one. Yes, sir. I had a sign. What do you call a baby chicken? Is it a chicklet? Uh, a chick. A chick. Yeah, I think. Okay, so I had a I had a sign of a baby chicken holding a shotgun, saying, "I refuse to become a nugget." And the homeowners, <laughs> I guess, people got offended, and they said, "No, that's unacceptable. You got to take it down." You had to take down your your baby chicken sign. Hmm. Yeah, it just didn't want to become, you know, a nugget. It, I figured, well, I'm I'm pleasing the PETA people, but yet I'm standing up for the Second Amendment, but that didn't work out. Yeah. By well, the way, so just real quick aside, that, that Eva Vlardingerbroek, when I talked about how the segment I did on uh, George Brockler about how she says we don't live in freedom, we have a freedom is an illusion in uh, in the Netherlands right now is what she says. She says that we don't have a Second Amendment in the Netherlands. We're sitting ducks. We don't have a Second Amendment. And she says, at least you in America yeah, have a Second Amendment. And that's the first, the global elites, the global ruling class and our own ruling class, that's what they want to get rid of is the Second Amendment because it makes them nervous, right? If we well, don't yeah, want to become nuggets. important part of the military. I'm glad we have more guns than any, uh, you know, than any country in, on earth because we need it. We're, we're the most, we're the most powerful we're the most important part of the military, the, the citizen. That's why we ought to be armed, and that's why they came up with the Second Amendment. 
Well, if if you but, add up uh, the amount of armed Americans that there are, you know, in America, that's the largest army in the world by far. Yeah, and that's yeah. what they're scared of. So they're going to use all this nonsense to try to take our guns. Once we start turning in our guns, then it's over. So we we got to stand yep. strong on that one. Yep. But I did have a question for you that's a little off the beaten path. Well, uh, okay. That Maxwell girl. Ma- Maxwell? 20 years, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Gislaine. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? The FBI is sitting on all these child molesters. That Christopher Ray guy in that, uh, our DOJ, what's his name again? Garland. They're sitting on all these child molesters that happen to be movie stars, maybe FBI agents, but uh, we, we don't get to know their names. So we're actually protecting child molesters. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think that's pretty much exactly what's happening. Ghislaine Maxwell, who is the partner in crime of Epstein, who did not survive his time in prison very mysteriously, and even an A.G. Barr signed off on that at the time, Um there's a big, long list of names of rich and powerful and politically connected people who are essentially, uh, you know, child predators who were going down to the Epstein's Island with Ghislaine Maxwell, and uh, we don't get any of their names, none of them. The deep state yeah, controls this in information I mean, big time. Mm-hmm. I think, you know what I think, Matt, to end this call, I think it's not going to be the Great Reset. I think the Great Awakening is winning, and it, it's kind of, you know, giving me a little bit of hope. Well, and I appreciate you for all you do. Oh, Brian, and I appreciate you out there. And uh, yeah, sorry to hear about your uh, your chicken sign. You know, the HOA gotcha. Yeah, and, well, you know, I sold my place and and I moved on. We battled for a year. I, you know, I, I struggled with them. You didn't want to take down but, the chicken uh, sign. No, it was my yeah. Second Amendment right. But I thought I was standing up for PETA, too. Like, you know, hey, guys. Yeah. I mean, it's a chicken. It's I mean, think chicken. about the chickens. Want it to become a nugget? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, totally. So and, but the right. HOA and didn't see I, it that I way. I thought I was playing on both sides, but evidently they said, no, I, I offended a few people. Clearly, so, uh, your HOA is anti-chicken. And not only that, they're anti-baby chickens. Brian? Yeah. 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 You know, You're up against a rough bunch. Heartless bunch. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I guess that's the way the ball rolls. But everybody's waking up. We're, we're seeing their nonsense. It's all a joke. And uh, America stands strong. We got them against the fence. Let's, let's just keep pushing. Let's keep moving forward. Yeah. Well, you've given us quite a bit to think about there, Brian. And uh, so we love it when you have a chance to check in. And thank you for responding for, to Great American Eric's query to you about HOAs. And that led us to and the, to the chicken guy, story. He needs to run for office. Uh, Eric? Dan guy that calls in? Who? No, that Dan guy. Dan. You he mean Brad? Brad. about how corrupt the uh, governor of uh, Texas yeah. was. Yeah, Brad. Brad in Lakewood. Brad. That guy is a smart guy. Every time he calls, he gives me some information I didn't know. Uh, you know, And uh, he actually needs to go out there and run for office. Because he's got a lot of knowledge. Yeah, and he's out there calling up rhinos like every day and telling them what he thinks. <laughs> and it's yeah, he and, tells and, you the truth. And I don't think the rhinos appreciate it all too much. And uh, he's been doing that for years. He's Brad is like an institution. And so I, you know, if he ever ran for office, I mean, we could like help mobilize a campaign to to get him on some ballot somewhere, and maybe we could put him in charge of of the HOA. I bet he'd let you put up your chicken sign. If uh, you well, were in his HOA, yeah, I, I, I bet that would be no problem for Brad. 
<laughs> yeah, I like that Brad guy. You know, that's why I can't watch Sean Hannity anymore because he has that Lindsey Graham trader on. Oh, he has this uh, yeah. Abbott on. Hannity and, is and falling pretty far. Call him out yeah. and say, hey, dude, why did you vote for this? Why did you do this? He just says, well, you know, he plays us all for idiots. Yeah. But that's why I love Tucker, and that's why I love you. You guys are the best. Have a great evening. I love America. Right on, Brian. Good luck to you. Thanks for checking in, and we'll be right back. Tom Petty, feel a whole lot better when you're gone. And that's that's the good song for Liz Cheney. I'll probably feel a whole lot better when you're gone. Yeah, maybe that, that's an old Turtles tune, isn't it, that Tom Petty channeled somewhere in the 90s? Anyway, yeah, caller Brian said that too many people are awake now. Too many people are awake. That's why Liz Cheney can't win again. Is that too many Republicans are awake. Their eyes are open. Trump opened our eyes. Lisa Murkowski, the rhino senator from Alaska. Yeah, too many people are awake in Alaska <laughs> to allow to allow Lisa Murkowski to make it through another primary. And President Trump, another massive packed house rally in Alaska. They're saying the biggest and the loudest crowd people have ever seen in Alaska. And Trump threw this one out. Uh, maybe he should run again at some point. Now, with the approval of the great people of Alaska, we may have to do it again. Listen to that crowd. Wow. Listen to that. Trump suggesting he might have to run again. And they go on and on and on. All this applause. Yeah. This is Alaska. Ah, we're awake. We are awake. Yeah, yeah, they just can't get rid of them, the elites, the establishment. And everything they do, they, they have to make up. Add up all the stuff they've said about Trump during his years. and it, Was any of it true? No. <laughs> and the latest is this Cassidy Hutchinson before Liz Cheney's January 6th propaganda bogus committee about Trump grabbing the wheel of the beast, the limo, and then two Secret Service agents said, we want to testify that none of that's true, none of that's true. And uh, so the media had to kind of backtrack. They're kind of still sticking with the lie, but they don't admit how. It's another hoax. Good grief. Media? That's why nobody trusts you. By the way, one of the things we're awake to is the uh, liberal world order. Oh, yeah, the global liberal world order. Brian Deese, the BlackRock guy, Biden's chief economic advisor actually comes out and says it sustainable what do you say to those families who say listen we can't afford to pay 485 a gallon for months if not years this is just not sustainable what we heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes this is about the future of the liberal world order and we have to stand firm yeah we have to have high gas prices because it's about the future of the liberal world order Hopefully you've been hearing that one this week. And guess what? No, thanks. I want nothing to do with BlackRock Brian Deese's or Joe Biden's or Klaus Schwab's liberal world order. Nothing. Count me out. I want none of it. Morons. How many billions we've sent to Ukraine, leaving our own border wide blooming open? Yeah. For the, for the liberal world order. Jeez. Jeez, people. And uh, by the way... There's Joe Biden, one gaffe after another, Kamala, one gaffe after another, 
Anything that they put on Joe Biden's teleprompter, he will read it. He will read it. And he reads this statement here, however, haltingly. And then he says, end of quote, repeat the line. <laughs> he, he repeats the lines that are on the teleprompter. He's not supposed to say it out loud. Let's just hear this. Power. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. <laughs> women are not without electoral and or political or, or End of quote. Precise, not and repeat or, the or line. Political power. You, you heard that, right? End of quote. Repeat the line just so you get this. Repeat the line. End of quote. Repeat the line. So he's reading what was on the, the, the teleprompter, right? And by the way, the Babylon Bee had this really funny thing that Joe Biden's teleprompter has resigned in disgust, saying, I can no longer work with this guy. <laughs> Joe Biden's teleprompter. He, he just can't take it anymore. But anyway, the story gets worse. And one of the White House press people named Emily Simons came out and claimed, um, she said, quote, quote, no, he said, let me repeat that line. That's what she said. She says, no, he didn't say, end of quote, repeat. He said, hey, let me repeat. No, he didn't. I just played the audio. He did not say, let me repeat that line. He said, end of quote, repeat the line. Anyway, because she tweeted that on a government account, she can't delete it. And you should see what's called a ratio. So she put actually that on upon Twitter. And the people responding, the thousands upon thousands responding to that absolute White House presser live from Emily Simons, it just makes you laugh. Anyway, Joe Biden's, uh, he suddenly, uh, the Washington Post and the New York Times on the same day decided that, oh, I guess he's kind of getting old. I guess he's, he's like uh, what the New York Times says, that Biden's age is a, quote, uncomfortable issue for the White House. Yeah, six years behind schedule. We've been saying this from day one around here that Joe Biden does not have enough mental stamina to be doing this job or, frankly, any other job. He could, probably couldn't even get a driver's license at this point in his life and um oh i've got you know it's, it's funny that they're kind of starting to admit this as joe biden's poll data hits like 30 percent approvals which is pretty amazing techno fog has a great um piece over at substack about biden's mental decay and uh, again we've been knowing this all along that it's they're, they're hiding it they're hiding it the New York Times even say oh well staffers for biden are all re- really worried he's gonna like trip on something or fall down or trip on a Trip on a wire was the phrase they used. And so they're coming out admitting that he's uh, he just doesn't have it. And um, I don't know, folks. Um, how's the installation working? Yeah, how, how's their installation working out? You think it's, uh, like, really good, really, like, great? One more little Biden, uh, Biden uh, gaffe here. Ten years old. And she was forced to have to travel out of the state to Indiana to seek to terminate the presidency and maybe save her life. To seek to terminate the presidency. And he's talking about some uh, 10-year-old who, who was raped, and then they're trying to like find out who, who was the rapist in this case, and apparently they're, they're unable to find who this perpetrator was, so was this like a true story? But again, listen to him say it. Ten years old, and she was forced to have to travel out of the state to Indiana to seek to terminate the presidency and maybe save her life. Terminate the presidency. Uh, good old Biden. Repeat the line. Yeah, re- repeat the line. Well, let's, okay, let's repeat it. Repeat the line. There you go. That's that's the latest Biden gaffes. And I don't know, should we do one quick Kamala before the phone lines? There's Kamala Harris. Dumb and dumber administration. Oh, my gosh. Let's have a red wave. It can't happen soon enough. Dumb. 
We gotta take this stuff seriously, as seriously as you are, because you have been forced to have to take it seriously. The whole nation should understand. We got to take this stuff seriously because it's serious and we're forced to take it seriously. We have to take it seriously. Yes, deep thoughts from Kamala. Time is elapsing. The passage of time in outer space. One day you will be in outer space observing the passage of time and you have to take this stuff seriously. Kamala Harris. Uh, oh, give me a break. Give me a break, folks. That's where we are. Repeat the line. End of quote. Let's say hello to uh, Hank. Hank in Denver. Thank you for checking in, sir. Welcome aboard. Hey, Matt. How you doing? Oh, real fine. Thank you. Good. Listen, I got uh, a quick ad- addition to uh, Ava's uh, comments from the lawyer from the... Yeah, Netflix. Eva Vlardingerbroek, the Dutch uh, legal Eva. philosopher. Yeah. Eva. Yes, I apologize, Eva. She was on with Dennis Prager, I think it was Thursday. And oh, I didn't hear that. That's wrote- awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you should check it out because she referred to UN Agenda 2030. Mm. So I went, yeah, so I went and looked that up, and it's just a big eye roll. It's just all your typical, you know, we want peace around the world and equity, this, that, and everything else. But it's, it made me think, wait a minute, what happened to UN Agenda 2010, 2020, <laughs> you know, but uh, 2030? Uh, I haven't gotten into it yet, but she did re- reference that. So I think we should all take a look at that. Google well, it. And, she's an interesting it. new commentator that, you know, we've become aware of uh, thanks to Tucker Carlson profiling her. And we've got this massive Dutch farmers protest that I've been talking about in this hour. And again, I, I did a segment a few weeks ago on her talking about how your freedom is an illusion in the West. And that uh, the Second right. Amendment in America um, does set us apart from the sitting ducks in Europe. We said, well, we're not free people in Europe. And um, she's right. very interesting comment. I didn't know she was uh, had other things to say about the U.N. Uh, was it 230 or something or 2030? Yeah, yeah. The UN, it's U.N. Agenda 2030. So I suggest everyone Google that tonight and try to, to read it if you can take it. Okay, and I guess I've heard <laughs> that know. reference, and I, I don't know. I don't know anything about it to add anything there. Right, but um, right, exactly. I think it has to do with Klaus Schwab and all that. So I need to read more about the Great it too. Reset. But, Klaus Schwab, right? Yeah, the right. perfect, hey, perfect Hollywood Gates, villain guy. Yeah, right. With Bill Gates buying up all this farmland, is one of the thing that someone mentioned is he could possibly get the water rights to the farmland. So then he would have control of the water. And that would be no good. I do not trust Bill Gates and his bugs and synthetic meat and any of that stuff. Thank you, Hank. Hear that Doc Watson guitar there? That's our sacred number tonight over in the glory land by the Stanley Brothers. And with Doc Watson, the great guy from the North Carolina holler, playing the guitar and singing, you could hear his deep voice in that one. And by the way, Doc Watson was not credited on that song but I would recognize that guy's guitar playing and his voice anywhere. So again, you know, backbone. We've got it figured out, and we can tell you, that's Doc Watson in there. Why didn't they credit him on the at least the album I have over at the iTunes account? At any rate, hope you've had a sacred Sunday, and oh yes, carry that flag. Long may this this nation survive. And it's a, it's a perilous time with our freaky people on top, That's been one of the themes about how hostile the freaks are that are playing around with our food supply. With World War III, they want the gas prices jacked to the moon. They want 
inflation as high as they can get it, it seems like. And then, uh, I don't know. Let's see how it plays for them. Let's see how the installation plays in November. Talking about that uh, liberal world order, Brian Deese, the BlackRock guy, the chief economic advisor to Joe Biden, just comes out and says it. You know, hey, you got to suck it up, people. You got to pay more for gas and you got to have food shortages and all whatever because it's the liberal world order. It's our power. We don't care about how much you people suffer out there. You little people suffer. And I don't know. One comment from Tucker on this one. They're not making any decisions. People who are making decisions are former Obama staffers like Brian Deese. He runs the National Economic Council. He's Joe Biden's top economic advisor. You can thank him. We should put his picture on the screen more often. On Thursday, he told us accidentally maybe what's actually going on, why the Biden administration is deliberately sabotaging the United States by crushing our energy supply for the benefit of China. Watch this. Well, what do you say to those families who say, listen, we can't afford to pay four eighty-five a gallon for months, if not years. This is just not sustainable. Well, what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. <laughs> yeah, we've got to stand firm. <laughs> the liberal world order. How's that working for you, by the way? Is there anybody who is happier because of it, except for people like that? No. But they don't care because you will own nothing and be happy. What they didn't tell you was that China will own everything, including our oil supply. Wait till they come for the Great Lakes. Yeah, that's great. Your liberal world order. Yeah. Uh, guess what? No. No. Sorry, morons. Not not interested in that one. And by the way, one quick note on Ukraine. And I, I mentioned this a bit ago. But did you know? Did you know? The United States has spent 15 times more on Ukraine than Trump ever asked for for his border wall. Hmm. Did you also know that the United States spending in Ukraine already over the past few months is more than our entire first five years that we spent in the war in Afghanistan? Yeah. But by the way, even the New York Times has come out and says, oh, things are not looking so great in Ukraine. An article by Peter Baker and David Sanger that came out on July 9th, which means it came out today. They posted it July 9th, late last night. Ukraine and the contest of global stamina. And the way they describe it, four months after Russia invaded Ukraine, the war has evolved into a battle of inches with no end in sight. A geopolitical stamina contest in which Putin is gambling that he can outlast a fickle West, and Biden is recalibrating strategy. That is a very slick uh, New York Times way of saying that Biden and the rhinos have screwed the pooch once again. They have screwed up another one because Biden is recalibrating his strategy because, oh, it's just not working. It's just not working out. Oh, gosh, Russia is winning. And how many billions have we been wasting over there to allow more Ukrainians to be killed and essentially massacred in a situation that uh, many of us would have seen from the start as not the wise play. All right. Now, um, keep your eye on that one. The media is trying to um, soften, soften the blow when Ukraine ends up coming up completely a cropper after we wasted our money and kept our borders wide open and, uh, they're going to try to blame him for, yes, inflation, as Biden is doing, and for oil prices and gas prices, and for the food shortages that are 
seeming to be the 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 pet the the pet uh, project of Klaus Schwab and the WEF, and watch the Dutch farmers on that. And by the way, yes, the uh, Biden administration, even though we have the uh, apparent as some kind of almost you know an oil fuel shortage, um, sending our strategic petroleum reserve oil to China. And uh, guess what? Uh, article by Tristan Justice. Biden sold oil from emergency reserve to Chinese gas giant tied to his scandal-plagued son, Hunter. Hmm. Uh, Jesse Waters has a bit more to say on that. Fox News alert. Joe Biden sold nearly a million barrels of oil to a Chinese gas company that his son, Hunter, may still indirectly own a stake in. This is according to the Washington Free Beacon. The Biden administration announced in April they were selling strategic petroleum reserve barrels to the Chinese state-owned oil company Unipec, also known as Sinopec. But in 2015, Hunter's firm, BHR, bought a nearly $2 billion stake in Sinopec. In November, Hunter's attorney claims he divested his stakes in his Chinese holdings. But as of March, Chinese records still listed him as a 10% owner in the firm, BHR Partners, which a Georgetown professor valued to be worth a cool $20 million. The sale happened in April. As of this moment, we can't say for sure that Hunter has an ownership stake in this company, nor can we say that he directly profited from the sale. But what's indisputable is this. Hunter Biden is not a Chinese economist. He's not a Chinese energy expert. The only reason why the Chinese would cut him in to their company is so that he can peddle influence back in Washington with his dad and get them really great deals. And you know what? It looks like he did his job. We'll bring you more on this tomorrow. That just uh, really takes the cake for the freaks that we have in power right now, the things they're doing, the constant in-your-face stuff, the stuff that just ostensibly does not make sense, the out-of-touchness, the we don't care if you suffer, you know, let them eat cake, right? That's the attitude of the people on top. And I say that it is unsustainable on all of these different levels. And uh, I don't know, folks, I just sit back and marvel at what's going on. And by the way, yeah, uh, down in Arizona, we have a lot of listeners in Arizona, and we do hope you'll consider voting in the primary for Blake Masters for Senate and Carrie Lake for governor. Sometimes we do jump into primaries a little bit. And uh, for the Arizona people, I've been reading a lot about Blake Masters and uh, Carrie Lake, even playing some of their audio clips uh, endorsed by Trump, both of them. And I... uh, and I think that Arizona was such a mess in this last election. And you've got we're lucky to have these two really solid, solid people uh, running in the primary as Republicans in Arizona. And, of course, CNN and the rest of the media is trying to do the hatchet jobs on Blake Masters. And good old Brett Baer tried to do the hatchet job on, on Carrie Lake. And she just threw it right back at him. So, again, uh, we're very pro Blake Masters and Carrie Lake. Hopefully they can prevail. And it looks like they're already, they're already in the lead. Um, looks like it's going to work for them. We've got to remake the Republican Party and deal with the rhino problem, remake the party. Again, Trump up in Alaska, <laughs> making sure that Lisa Murkowski, the rhino, does not make it back to Washington, D.C. And anyway, uh, all right, all right. Uh, boom, boom, back there. Javier behind the glass. Thanks for the great work. And uh, let's just sign off, how about, and Matt Dunn, Backbone Radio, we packed an awful lot in.
And uh, it's just wild times right now to be anywhere near a microphone. We're going to call it like we see it. We're going to tell it like it is and have fun doing it. Talk next Sunday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.